is the dodgy woman. Steve swallowed the last of his hamburger and accidentally let out a burp. He immediately covered his mouth and apologised. This is not his home. Sorry, Mrs. Cox. Mrs. Cox, Mr. Cox smiled and said, in that strange accent, it's no problem for you. It is better than up and in, Jack. Wilhelm was giggling and let out a bird of his own, much louder than Dean's had been. They were all laughing. Gas is just a byproduct of the food we eat, said Mrs. Cox. All men do it. No men do it. Why should one apologise? Do you apologise for taking air through your nose? Mine. So why should you be embarrassed? Let it out. Dean shrugged his shoulders. My mum always taught me with bad manners. They had look on Wilhelm's face. The only thing that his school friends was lost his own mother at a very young, young age. But before he had a chance to apologise, Mr. Cox raised his hand. It's okay, young man. Mother does not blame you for having a, a mother. All the boys should have mothers. Not your fault, Dean, Wendell murmured. Shall we go play a game? Have a new grandchild? Listen. Dean grinned his guilt forgotten. He looked at Mr. Cox for permission, but not wanting to go not to go what to go do as he was pleased. Mr. Cox waved a hand again. Go boys, have fun. Dean allowed himself to be led by a friend into a bedroom, where a large four poster bed filled the room. The rest of the room was furnished just like his own bedroom at home, with a large wood wooden dresser top of the with a television and console game console. With a pair of bean bags on the floor, between the bed and dresser, a mobile airplane hanging from the roof. One of the wings was snapped and broken. Dean glanced curiously at the large bed in the centre of the room. Is this your bed? It's whose? Wendell seemed to understand the confusion and explained. It is my mum's bed. It's kind of like a family heirloom. My dad won't let don't get rid of it, so he gave it to me. It's pretty cool, much bigger than my bed. I know, I don't even think they make beds like it anymore, but it's so comfy anyway. Let's play a game. Okay. They played the game for a little over two hours, and Dean Mr. Cox entered the room with two glasses of milk and told them to go retire to bed. Outside, the sun was long since gone down, and windows were dark that tended in the room. Dean lived at Terrace House in town. To be fair, it was very strange. It was strange to see some such complete darkness outside, with no other houses, no other, no lamplights shining. A cop's home was a cottage on the edge of town, surrounded by fields on, on all three sides, and a road on the top, with a large square size bigger than the house Dean lived in. Go to the bed, Raymond, brush your teeth for you, and get into your pajamas. The night was arrived, and it was time to sleep. Wendell allowed Dean to use his own street bathroom as well. Inside the he found himself jealous of his friend having his own bath and shower. He didn't let the resentment linger for him long, because he liked Wendell a lot. The boy didn't have a mum. No matter the luxuries would change that. Dean chewed his teeth from the overnight bag his mother had kept that from, and they quickly changed into their Banzuba pajamas before heading back into the bedroom. Nicely, Dave. Wendell said, Thanks. I love Big Frank. Ben Sorry. Me too. I bend that chip over and make her snort sore. Dean could not cry. No, not ready. No, no, had nobody to cry for that. You don't expect any rude comments from his friend. 
not a type of thing. You, you used to see from the fellow you looked for the end. Made it so awkward. You and Hover didn't seem to think much of him at all. Because he was disappeared in Boston without any other word. Dean went over to the front door bed and sat up the floor beside and sat up on the floor beside the great big poster four poster bed. They were odd enough now that sleeping together should be be weird. Mr. Clasper left the glasses and went on the bedside table. Dean looked over to them now and took a great big swig. It was ice cold and creamy, not like the skin of his pants that he had on those shears. His mum was over once, but she always went on about how she let him not get away, get the same way. His father, fireman, had probably had an opposite problem, but he acted all the same way to those sleeping over his home. When the Mundell took his time in the bedroom, starting, Dean slid down beneath the sheets and fell into bed and shuddered. The cold sheets rubbed together at the bottom. He did not realize how cold it was until it changed as it grew day. Outside, he could hear the wind whistling. He shifted from the comfortable position, laid his thick head down on the pillows. Dean flinched as something sharp scratched the back of his head. He shot back down into a sitting position and twisted around. It didn't take him a second to locate the strangerish object on the pillow. But it took him several minutes to figure out what it was. Eventually, he held the tiny object closer to him. Face he saw it was a fingernail. It was long and crinkled, obviously old. A couple of specks of red and sharp, and sharp, sharp tip made Dean certain it belonged to a woman. There was no woman living outside the cook's house, just Winnie and Dad. Disgusted, Dean tossed the pointed finger in the dark shadow beneath. Winnie stood dead. He let out a deep shudder and wiped his fingers on top of his blanket. Then he held them back down. I tried not to think about it. Wendell came up the bathroom. A minute later, with a smear of toothpaste on his chin, Dean pointed out his friend, wiped it on his hand, went to the, uh, then into his boxer suit. He wasn't wearing PJs, apparently unbothered by the cold. You okay, Wendell asked, obviously seeing the upset of look on his face. Yeah, I just I just found room wise. Dean drew him closer and noticed found a woman sitting there and found it on his bed. Aren't you cold? he asked in shit. I don't get cold. Okay, fair enough. Mr. Crooks opened the door to check him out. Lights off, boys. See you tomorrow. Good night, Mr. Crooks. Night, Dad. Mr. Crooks lit the switch of the wall and spent the festive bubbling into darkness. Dean's tummy lulled as they were riding the roller coaster. With no explanation for it, there was also a sound of hissing, but it was brief that at once it stopped. He was sure he had imagined it. Once Mr. Crooks had faded down the hallway, Dean sat up in the bed and tried to see in the darkness and at home. When he turned off the lights, his eyes had almost, well, slowly adjust, so he could almost see his shape in the shadows. But, his, but the side window was better and the darkness was not new. Therefore, the shape strolled to his left without any sense of space. You sure you're not cold? Dean said, rubbing his stringy arms. I'm fine, when you replied. We need to go to sleep now. The night has arrived. Huh? Thought Dean. That's strange. When his father said, Say it in. Was it a family motto or something? Like the stars? When did it come? Dean lay back on his pillow and blinked. It just felt strange to see different. Dean's eyes went open. The window were closed. Then he suddenly wondered what it would be like to be blind. He didn't imagine anything worse. The room all colour and light. There'd be no more playing video games, no lightning bright, no watching movies or reading books. 
likely not eat that batteries and likely even if out there there would be a little point that even living without the ability to see the blind people did so there must be something to live for he realized he made, made himself anxious by imagining such a terrible thing inside his closed hand full of other things i'm always bad sleeper he was confined uh, with Afton had to find himself a story to occupy his mind enough to find his sleep sometimes Quite bad going for simulated evolution scoring. Sometimes he would design fantastic new video games and play them in bed. Tonight he couldn't seem to even seem to do neither. His mind was situated in the darkness and the cold. Something shifted in the darkness, convenient as a spring as he opened his eyes, his eyes open. A slight movement must have been envisaged by in the distance. When he turned to his side he tried to make out quite make out photo in the room, turned himself face to face with an old woman. Dean knew the figure lying beside him was a woman. Just like there was a smell of a perfume oranges. The tip of her no- bloody nose was right against his. The whites of her eyes seemed to float in the darkness. The woman's breathing heavy and felt it on his lips. Dean bolted upright there, but bolted upright, wiping at the darkness with steam. He tried to get up, but his foot came into his bed slippery. He tumbled back down again, right where the woman had been lying. She was still there. The figure foot reached out at him, plunged into the screaming throat, scratching at his tongue and tickling his tonsils. He gagged and screamed to Carl. The visual night went on. Dean thrashed about on the floor, kicking his sheets away and screaming in horror. His entire body felt like he was made of liquid, and all he wanted to come up wanted to come out through his mouth. Dean, Dean, my dear boy, what's wrong? Dean looked up the sinister clock, staying in the door, finger hovering over the light switch and looking greatly confused. Dean glanced over the television and saw no old woman with a bitter taste inside his mouth, but no finger foot. What had just happened? What had just happened? There was an old woman she grabbed me. Mr. Crooks looked at Dean, like he was quite insane because Dean felt insane. I think you had a bad dream, Dean, my boy. It's not unusual in some friendly surroundings. The mind can come quite disturbed, especially when night comes. No, I wasn't dreaming. She was lying next to me in the dark. Window was was laughing, propped up with elbow, and still sucked in his gigantic bed. You were totally dreaming, too. You were snoring like a, you were snoring like a pig. Dean looked at his friend, confused. I was. I didn't feel like I was asleep. I don't usually snore. Well, how would you know? And you were. I was about to nudge you and tell you to knock it off. Dean opened his mouth to argue, but couldn't. Of course she was in a sleep. Whatever an explanation was there, the woman had not bothered to, to lie with him and put her grotty fingers in his mouth. Window had said he'd seen been snoring. Why would he lie? I'm sorry, Dean, said to Mr. Crooks. I didn't mean to be be trouble. You no trouble at all, Dean, my boy. Finish your milk, Joe, and go to sleep. I'm not I'm right down the hall. I'll see you in the morning. In, sorry, morning. Dean smiled, nodded, and then stooped down and lost, lost, his, lost his milk beside the bedroom t- bedside table. He noticed that window had not touched his. Mr. Crutch switched the light back off and put the room into darkness once more. Dean lay back down, his body trembling with a fright, but growing gradually calmer. Still okay, window? Asked him in the darkness. Yeah, just felt really strange. I could smell a perfume. It felt like, felt like oranges. There was silence. Something else, huh? What? What was it? What is it? Nothing. It was just that my mum told me to smell the same thing. When I was little, we used to tell her she smelled like 
good enough to eat. Dean gulped loudly and seemed, the sound seemed to echo back at him from the shadow. The woman was in the bed. His dreams and his notes the same as Linda's mother. There was that was too weird. Linda, what did your mother die? You sick, Linda didn't hesitate. Just kerosene, my dad said. Something that runs in my mother's family. Could you get it? Maybe. My dad said it was mostly affected the women in my mother's family. It, it must be possible. Dad swallowed, Dane swallowed again. I'm not sure we wanted to know any more. What is it? Something that one really one of those long concrete names that make my, my mum really old. I don't mean older than she's meant to be. My dad didn't tell me much about it. But my mum told me that she went to the bathroom one day and she had a wrinkle on her forehead. A few months later she looked like an eighty year old woman. I'm sorry to get really weak. I was only five. I can't don't remember it. I don't really remember. Of course. I'm sorry for asking. It's okay, you're my best friend. I want you to know. Thanks. You're my best friend too. Don't sleep now, Dean. Okay. Dean slipped back down and tucked himself tightly beneath the covers. He was still cold in the room and tipped his nose at Icy. Right where the tip of his old woman's nose touched him. He really wanted to ask for the heating so much. But somehow he knew he'd only leave his old eyes and hustle for Linda and his father. He didn't want Linda to play with him really. A home paying parents always have a heating on. I don't know, perhaps he just used to the temperature of being high. Maybe the place as big as the foot of his essentially heat constantly. It would be wrong for him to complain. He was a guest. They never invited him to stay over. Dean had been first been dubious. Even in Newman a few months since the boy appeared, beginning a new school year, a stranger to all. They had quickly become friends, though, despite Linda's being rather quiet and reluctant to make any other friends by Dean. Dean liked like Linda enough to risk the bullies and read lots of the girls. She never seemed the most, the most popular kid at school anyway. So what, why did he, what did he have to lose by being friends with an oddball like Linda? Then one day Linda's father picked up picked him up from school in a huge silver Bentley. Suddenly the judging looks that kid shot Dean became looks of envy. They all regretted not being Linda's old new friend. Rumours came out the following days that Wendell's family was a member of the German ancestry. They family owned a castle in a place called Bavaria. The Klutz family had come to England. The rumours were because they wanted Wendell to have a normal upbringing in Germany. They treated like surrogacy. They didn't want Wendell to grow up into a dickhead. Dean didn't know if any of this that was true. And for Dean, and some reason, they never brought it up. Wendell had fallen asleep, which breathing sounded like a slow moving train. Dean lay awake in the bed, listening to the rear sights in a while. For a while, he wished he knew what time it was. Back home in Charlestown, it was obvious what time it would be when the noise was outside. The older teenagers would stop hanging around at around 10 o'clock. The junk of an iron man beside the home at 12, threatening and singing loudly. These sounds of speeding vehicles echoing off the nearby highway for more than for perhaps an hour after that any silence about uh, until five in the morning when a milkman would start zooming back on the street and quietly the van. Dean was a poor sleeper and only usually heard it all, which is what made him these nightmares so strange. He struggled to fail asleep in his own bed. He had passed out unconscious and uncomfortable and fragile in someone else's home. It hadn't sounded like him at all. 
The smell of transient just from his mind. So much so he stood to take a hint of it out for his nostrils. They lay Molly lay there in the darkness, for sure he was saying that he actually smelled the orange fruit. This wasn't his imagination. His stomach churned, his breath quickened. He rubbed his, one of his feet with shin and shin and dug his fingernails in, checking to see if he dreamed again. He wasn't. The pain in shin swiped his senses and allowed no doubt that he was awake. Even now the pain in shin persisted. It was a cold sensation. Making his shin crickle. He turned to tighten his breathing and did not go away. Like a rope being caught around his skin. As he unsettled his feeling of something was wrong and fell over to him, he suddenly turned his head to the left. He couldn't see why, but he knew there was something there. It was a prickly sensation being locked up. Unexplained, but real. The shadows began to emerge as large four beds of bed. Shifted at some moves, thuds of the gun. Dean, the faint shimmer of twice appeared. Staring back at Dean, two round eyes glowed red. Dean tried to scream, but before the noise could escape his lips, the tightening of his shin became a vice, and he yanked from beneath the bed. In the shadows of a jaw full of countless teeth, opened up beneath the evil carved stone eyes. A long, ropey tongue shot towards Dean, running beneath his shirt, shirt and rubbing along his cold tummy. It felt like an icicle. Dean felt the ice-like fingers round his chin, dragging him beneath the bed. He smelt the acid scent of, of oranges. No deny it now. Finally, he was able to scream. He kicked and thrashed his own three legs, grabbed hold of the bed frame, and reached with his hand. The thing pulling at him was far stronger than Dean. The fear inside of him gave him strength he did not know he had. The light went on. This time, it was the lamp on the bedside table. Rhythm was leaning over the edge of the bed, looking down at Dean, the tide into his listening face. Dean, what are you doing? Dean looked around him. Round looked around himself. His feet were crumbled up. He jumped with a sudden sweat. His legs were underneath the windowed bed. There was no staring face or open jaws waiting for him, just dim shadows. The bathroom door, bedroom door opened, and Mr. Crook stood at the door away. He didn't seem angry, but nor did he seem particularly amused. What's going on? he demanded. It's 3 a.m. Dean shook his head. 3 a.m. can't be. We just really just came to bed. You went to bed four hours ago, young man. Have you been dreaming once again? Do you have nightmares often? Dean climbed back into the bed, looked around the room, looked at the window of his father, then burst into a flood of tears. He was humiliating, but he couldn't help it. I want my mum. You sh- would like to call your parents, Jack? Most of the crook said. They're free in the morning, Jack. That would be, they might be very upset. Perhaps you should go back to sleep. Yeah, Rinder said, now standing like he hated Dean. Stop being such a baby. What's wrong with you? There's a woman under my back your bed, Rinder. I want to go home. I want my mum. Rinder rolled his eyes and went, got up and bed. Fine, go home. I'm never inviting you to stay again. You're afraid of dark, like a little baby. No, I'm not, Dean said, feeling very angry now, trapped and cornered. Just call me my fucking parents so I can get out of here. Mr. Crook screwed his face in disgust. Do you not use this such home as my home? Young man, Lindell Kane, come. We will call your friend's parents to collect him. They will be very disappointed, I'm sure. Lindell kicked off his covers irritatingly. And stomped after his father. They closed the door behind him. Dean was sure. They had it clicked. He jumped on his feet and pulled the landing. It was locked. Hey, he shouted, banging on the door with his palm. Why did you lock the door? There was a fly with footsteps fading into the doorway. From the inside of him sweet, the sound of running water. Dean sprang round to face the open doorway to the bathroom. 
Light was off inside. He could see only darkness in the side, but steam escaped. Perhaps coming from the scalding water shower. Oh God, he did had dodgy pipe lit. Dean knew the sun showers did not just switch on so on. Dean moved away from the bedroom door and crept across the carpet towards the round creek. Steam continued tumbling out in cold clouds. He felt the sheer sheen below him on his forehead. Beside his hissing of the water, he was sure he could feel hear something else, a scratching sound. His heart hurt, beat hard in his chest, but he was, un, he was able to ignore what was going on. He took the final two steps and took his step right. He was right outside the door of the bedroom. He reached inside, fumbled for the light pull cord, but found something else. His fingers touched something slippery and cold. He stared in the darkness, trying to make out what he's touched. The old woman stared back at Dean from the shadows of the bathroom, sucking his fingers as she did so. Then he pulled his hand away with a lotion. The old lady had done the tackle. The sound went sent a chill down his spine. The woman's kettle slowly turned to the growl. Then suddenly the lunge got him. He and Dean screamed his hand found a pull cord and grabbed hold of it and he stumbled up in his heels. The light came on, the warm woman vanished. Dean whimpered, almost letting out a scream again, but took a breath deep breath and tried to remain calm. Grace opened the bedroom door and banged on it. Let me out of here, he shouted. She's here. I'm not dreaming. She's here. There's no reply. Whatever whimpered his father gone, they did not could not hear him. Or even annoy him. Dean's turn mind turned to his mobile phone. He remembered he left it in his coat pocket, which was hung across his porch. There was no way to get it. Nearly in a full blown panic. He felt his knees and chest. He went over to the window. Outside the moon was full. There was nothing else to see but darkness. Even the light. Dean knew he see nothing but field. All the same wanted out of the room. He grabbed the window's handle and twisted. He refused to move. Dean pushed hard enough to hurt his hand before giving it up uh, giving up. The shell was still on. The entire bedroom was still full of steam. He hurried into the street, praying out loud that the old woman would no no be nowhere to see him. The shell was spitting venom, water in its pipe, too hot and coming up more gas than it was. Dean would be careful to avoid scalding himself. He reached in and turned the knob. The shower stopped spitting and the steam dissipated. He sighed, wiped his forehead over his glistening head, then noticed something right up in the mirror above the sink. He stopped, stepped cautiously towards it, then read the words scratched through the con- conversation. Don't look under the bed. Dean felt his bladder loosen. It was just quick enough to pull out his penis and aim it into the toilet. He stood but turned, trapped with his knees to urinate. The lights of the bedroom began to flicker. Then they went off. Dean pushed his bladder harder, got out the last droplets and turned and looked back out into the bedroom where it was still light. He sprang around to face back in the darkness on the street and saw the old woman looking back at him. She did not crackle at this time, but he stared at him hungrily. Her eye higher than mutton and gravy. All like walls soaking in muddy pondles. Her face was an obsession of deep bruise and furrows, wrinkles deeper than any he'd seen ever seen. Eyes were struggling cold. Dean couldn't look away, so he did. And if he did, the old woman might just reach out and grab his neck and pull him back in the shadows. He backed away slowly, keeping an eye contact with the old staring old woman. He walked backwards. His foot caught up on something that got tangled. Up. He stumbled his rolled up bed sheets and tripped 
down his back with him on his butt. He couldn't. It didn't hurt. He landed on his face on the bed, but it caused him to take his eyes off the other woman. When he looked up again, she was gone from the bathroom. Dean heard a tapping right beside him and turned to face the end of his bed. Beneath it lay the young woman, staring out at him and grinning unnaturally wide. She reached out from the shadows and grabbed him by both ankles, then slowly started dragging him towards her open drawers, drawers and wider to her entire head. Dean screamed, the bedroom door opened. Mr. touched the window, stood there, looking down at Dean. Dean, Dean reached out at her to him and panicked. Dean, help me, do you see her? Do you see her? Jessica snubbed. Yes, young man, do you see her? Window reached out and slipped off the bedroom mark. Mary's father pulled the door closed and closed the room in darkness. The last thing Dean heard was the sound of the bedroom door locking behind them. The crackling of the old woman as she dragged him beneath the bed towards the drawers. Smell more images of faceless smell of his blood. Windle woke from his bed late. He regained a little sleep during the night. Thanks to the constant noise of Sam Dean, he whimpered the bed for hours, trapped and moaning beneath the bed. Till Windle could barely stand it no longer. It nearly dawned until he finally got some sound. He woke up now and dangled his legs over the side of his bed. His mother was already awake, slipping out of the long sleep and drying her hair while spraying her errant scented perfume about a snow slender length. She looked well, young and vibrant. She smiled at Sam when she saw him. Why is it shining, Wendy? I thought you were never going to wake up. I couldn't sleep. Sorry if I've kept you up. It's okay, Mum. You have to eat. Yes, it's been so long. I needed it very badly. I enjoyed your friends. You too, I miss them. There'll be plenty more friends for you to make with Wendy. Mendel hopped off the bed and went over to his mother, who immediately gave him a hug. I know that'll be more friends, Mum. I just find it hard having to make such an effort. Can't we just take boys? Can't we just? Can we? Can't we just take boys for you to eat? His mother laughed and influenced Sam. Oh, and have ourselves hours a hundred miles journey? No, Wendy, this is far. This is a new start. We are have to be careful. One day you need to be too, if you want to stay young. I can't wait, she said. What is it like to be Pope? Glorious. But it's not just, but it's not for young boys. We do not know yet what you will take after me, and not your father. Now is what you like to do today, the gym, shopping? It's been months since it all was well. Window blinked. Let's go, Bobby. I'll go ask Dad what we're doing. Mum sprayed another dash of perfume and smiled. The tea cream around evil. She was in the shambles, disposing of her body's parents, human parents. She called them in the night to track the sun, but of course, never did they have, they were happy, they were never to know the truth. They, they have to do, they've been dealt with. We will speak no more of Dean and Sammy. With a smile. Okay, I'll make a new friend on Monday. Yes, said the mother, purring. Do, do make sure you bring them around for dinner. 